So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha MK. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 15. This week, Christiana plans to meet up with her sister Tara. Michael and Sarah both go on dates, just not with each other. Chevelle gets a text from Jay, which makes Quaylen unhappy. Sammy rolls up on Amber after he gets out of jail. Sean tries to make amends with his family as Destiny tries to shake him down. Andrea tries to impress her Utah friends, and Brittany and Marcelino are still in Alaska. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Uh, they're going pretty good. Yeah. So apparently this season is wrapping up. I know. Looks like we this one episode left after this one. Uh, the well, they always call it the explosive season finale or whatever. They oh, always. I know. <laughs> Which is funny too because we never know when it's actually going to end until it's like, oh wait, there's the ending. Yeah, and then they, the same thing happens when they started. It's not like we get like months of advance. They're just like, oh, no. new couples of after lockup next next season. Next, yeah, next and I'm kind of disappointed because we haven't seen any previews for a new love after lockup season. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. we're on hiatus on this uh, channel for a little bit. That's what it seems like. They haven't announced any. I, I looked it up. They haven't announced anything when I looked. So we might be might be for a hiatus on this channel. Okay, well, we have to savor this group then. <laughs> yes, just, oh, man. Well, let's hope, I mean, you know, just getting the last, let's hope we get the last taste of a lot of these people. Yeah, um, well, yes, that's true. Yeah, for instance, Andrea and Lamar. God, yes, so, they're done. <laughs> Andrea comes out looking, according to her, fabulous, and tells Priscilla that her fabulous friends from Utah are coming to celebrate how fabulous she is. It's her birthday, and they're making it. And her friends are making the trip out to LA to celebrate. She feels self-conscious about her small and cramped house, so instead of partying there, she says she has a once-in-a-lifetime event planned for them. It starts out with a super-stretched limo to surprise them at the airport. The ladies are absolutely ecstatic to get a chance to ride in the limo, even though before they, you know, leave, they have to pray not to catch hepatitis from LA. God. They hang out of the window of the limo, seeing all the sights, the Walk of Fame, a random Chanel billboard, and of course, their first stop, Randy's Donuts. They all know Andrea has had issues with Shantae in the past and wonder if she's invited to, you know, um, the, the birthday events before the limo pulls up to Andrea's house. Andrea gets out and says, good night. <laughs> they ask if they get to come in for the grand tour. And since Andrea knows how they judge some people, you know, for things like only having one oven in their kitchen, God. she tells them, no, y'all can stay in a limo and should have a nice night. Uh, it looks like this is a pretty big social faux pas for these ladies. And they complain that, you know, Andrea has gotten way too diva since moving to California. In her interview, they also worry that she might be pulling away from Mormonism, especially since this, you know, the special underwear, the garments 
she's supposed to be wearing would have definitely shown below that short skirt that she was wearing. <laughs> All right. So what do you think of Andrea's uh, judgment of the social faux pas of not inviting them in? You know, because I mean, that was basically her calculus was like, I would, I, I'm going to be judged for not letting you in, but I would be judged even more if you saw how I lived. Yeah, I was going to say these women are judging. Doesn't matter what she does. That is totally true. So I was like, what? What would that was like? What What do you think they would have judged more? But yes. Yeah, I think uh, they would have judged her house more. So I mean, honestly, Andrea isn't wrong for thinking that because I mean, let's look how judgy her friends were just because she didn't let oh, them my in. Oh goodness. Yeah. But also their house, uh, you know, it considering what she had in Utah, and yes. if you were to make the comparison between the two. I, I could very easily see how she would think that her friends would think she's doing worse off in L.A. than she is in Utah. Right. Because that's the thing, too, if you compare to what she had. But I mean, it's like if they like really consider everything, it really is apples and oranges. It really is. It, I mean, it's, it's just not the same. It just isn't the same because so much of it is like I definitely, you know, experience this when I go to people in like when I visit people in like the Midwest and stuff. Yeah space and oh my god they have the space and i go into this yeah. house and i say things like oh in my neighborhood this house would be a million dollars and they're like you're oh yeah and like no wait no it wouldn't no it wouldn't there's like they like you know bought it for like 250 or something right so it's like right right i mean no matter how well she's doing and and she can't get over it too they just associate the only reflections of the quality of the house now are like how big and fancy it is whereas in a place yeah. like la in New York, on the coast in general, you're paying way more for being there than you're paying yes. for the amenities that you get in the house. Absolutely. Honestly, I feel like what would have been a better solution all around was if she just stayed at a in a room in the hotel that they were all staying in so they wouldn't even go near her house. Because I don't even think it's necessarily the house itself. The area, like there's nothing super attractive about the area either. Because once again, if you're comparing it to Utah, it's not like they have a sprawling backyard space yeah. between like her and the neighbors surrounded by nature and trees or even with a view of anything. So they're going to be super judgmental. So I would have avoided that, like just even seeing where my house was. I was confused too that she went home and I was also confused even if she was going to go home, why she didn't drop them off at the hotel first, wherever they're yeah. staying, and then go home. I don't know why she went mm -hmm. to this whole thing of going to her house and being like, nah, y'all can't come in. Like, just, right. Because it did seem to make like a big deal out really of it. Awkward. Yeah. And she, the way she was like, no, you will not be coming in. <laughs> you will be staying out I mean, here. she's smug like that all the time, right? Yeah. That's just how she talks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny, too, how she keeps on saying, like, oh, this was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for them. Like, she's so much better than them. Right. Like, it's really not that expensive to fly from Utah no. to L.A. <laughs> at all. They could come back to L.A. whenever they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my friend, uh, I have a friend, a couple friends who live in Utah. They come out here all the time. It's not that big of a deal. Right. I mean, Utah's got a big airport. And like, and people and people go up there to vacation and ski all the time, too. I mean, it's not like, it's not like there's two totally, you know, they're not identical, but it's definitely, I feel like it's, you know, similar to people out where I am going to Florida. Like, people go to Florida all the time. Yeah. Like, they can be like, we live in Florida now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So they are there for her birthday party, and... 
it hasn't happened yet, right? Because she said that there was going to be like 20 people at this party. And I'm thinking 20 people during COVID times. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, this whole there's a lot of there's a lot of COVID question, questionable COVID things going out in, the, in these shows right now. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about her garments real quick. OK, because I swear her dress wasn't any shorter or more scandalous than the stuff she was wearing in Utah. It wasn't. Like they said that it was I think it was I feel like it was tighter, right? I don't Maybe. feel like it was shorter. Like they they made a mention of saying that oh you they would totally be coming out of the bottom and they even put their hands down to like where they go down to, right? Mm-hmm. She was like they come down to like here and then they showed a picture of Andrea and I was like that skirt is past where your hands were. Like it's long yeah. enough. That it would have that it would have covered at least what they said. I don't know. I've never seen or worn the garments, so I don't know what they look like. <laughs> You've never worn the garments, Mister O. <laughs> I have not worn the garments as I'm not a Mormon person. Do you think she's wearing them? No. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, but do you think? Do you think her kids wear them? I don't know. I don't know. She seems cr- like I don't. Not saying you're crazy to wear them, but you know, it seems like I don't know. I, it seems like just in general, she picks and chooses what she wants out of the religion when it's convenient for her. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of those things that I wonder, like, I know, I know it's a, you know, tenet of the religion, but I wonder, I always wondered how many people adhere to that. I mean, I have a decent number of Mormon friends and I have literally never heard of that until now. Like I said, I have a, I have a big number of Mormon friends. And uh, to be honest, to be fair... I the only the only time I have heard of them I don't think I've heard a Mormon person talk about them is I mm-hmm. hear people who are you know being nasty or whatever and making fun of Mormonism call them the magic underwear like yeah I haven't even ever heard that yeah Not, okay <laughs> well learning something new all right <laughs> Someone who is not learning something new, Michael and Sarah. So Michael is in Flint trying to play the piano while his mom listens on and laughs. Carolyn, his mom, asks him how things are. And Michael tells her that things are good because he and Sarah are doing their own things. But they're also trying to fix their marriage. Carolyn asks, how's that possible if they're both just in different places? Michael says they need to be friends first and they're trying to be in an open marriage. Carolyn asks if he's willing to cut off everyone else if they're going to take it to the next level. And Michael says, yeah, he would. Carolyn prays that it will happen because she wants them to be together for the sake of the family. Michael denies seeing anyone else as he gives his sly smile and looks at the ground when asked by his mom. Michael is then rolling around town telling us that he's in an open marriage. He says that he just likes to have different conversations with different women because he likes to know where people's heads are at. He meets up with a mystery girl and rejects Sarah's call. Sarah, meanwhile, is pissed that she can't get a hold of Michael and she's headed out to see Malcolm. She just wants Malcolm to know she never intended to hurt him and hopes to get some closure. Sarah asks Malcolm if he's surprised she called. They both say that they didn't like how they left things but he says that michael moving in was just too much mike malcolm is hoping to hear that they're not together and asks if she called him only because michael is out of town malcolm still believes that sarah is still in love with michael and asks if she slept with him they kind of leave us on a cliffhanger there then we find out that michael's mystery woman is sasha and it doesn't take too long before they're trying to meet up in a hotel room 
All right, so they left us on a cliffhanger. Do you think that Sarah is going to be honest with Malcolm about the fact that she slept with Michael? No, I don't. Like, I think she's embarrassed about it. I think she is. I bet. Well, and then, but she also does that thing where she gets embarrassed and gets defensive about it, like she was with yes. um, with what's her with face Emmy. with Emmy. But I, I don't think she would do that with a guy she was <sighs> trying to still hook up with trying to still hook up with or keep around she wouldn't be like yeah yeah especially especially when he's like when it comes immediately after he's like i think you're still in love with your ex are you sleeping with him and she, she's not gonna be like well actually yes i am but it's just because well, exactly. i'm horny you like, are right <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever yeah. well i'm sleeping she's with him, not gonna I'm not admit in love her ex is right yeah you're not gonna do that that's not gonna happen no no so i don't think she says that um so it, it, i don't think I think I think whatever she does say, he's gonna be like, okay, whatever, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Clearly- Michael needs to stop with this whole open marriage business. It's, first of all, this isn't what an open marriage is. No, if it was an open marriage, Sarah would still be in contact with him while he was in Flint, and she would know yes. he was on a date. Right, right, exactly. Right, if, if she is, yeah, it just yeah, seems really backwards. It's just both of them are trying to don't ask, don't tell the other. Like what they're doing outside of each other. Like, and you just assume. Yes. Yeah, you just assume. But then they're not even like together, like their relationship isn't strong. So it's kind of like that's, you know, the, you got the open part down. That's not what the <laughs> issue here. It's the marriage part, I think, that really needs work. Well, he said they were working on it. They're doing better with the kids. Like, and that's part of it too, is, is like co parenting is not being married. Like the uh, co nah. parenting relationship and a marriage relationship. Like, you it, most people who are married and have kids have to do both but yes, yes just because you co-parent doesn't mean you have a good marriage just to have a good marriage doesn't mean you're good co-parents like those are right, not right. I, those are, they don't go in with each other I, I just don't i don't know why michael's trying to fool us or himself i just want to see where these where different people's heads are at what what is that i know is that stupid thing? okay would you do that with other men because yeah. it doesn't seem like there's you're a whole chatting up other of the, males. Yeah, there's, a, there's a whole other variety of of, of of men's, you know, experiences. He could talk to a yep. scientist. He could talk to a guy in the military to see where everybody's head's at. No, no, no. He seems particularly concerned about one kind of head and where yeah. that's at. Oh, gosh. Disgusting. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's funny, too, because I mean, what I was getting at, too. Yes, the double entendre is what I said. But, like... He just, he has a type, right? So it's not like he's seeing this wide oh, yeah. variety of different women from different, all kinds of backgrounds and, 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 and you know, um, upbringing and stuff. He's like, he definitely is with a type. The type being a female who's into him? Y- yeah. I mean, they all seem to be broadly kind of similar in attitude, similar in way that, you know, they're charmed by, it's got to be, be a woman that would be charmed by him. Right, which is a certain, yeah, that's is a true. small. Well, that's segment. what I was saying. His type is a woman that is into him. Yes, because if you look at all the women that we've seen him with, and we've seen him with Megan, Sarah, Maria, that one other chick that Vanessa, I don't remember. Right, 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 right. Uh, the New York girl that he hooked up with, uh, Sasha. There, there is nothing like that. I would say is tying them all together, other than the fact that they're falling for his lines. I mean, they're a certain, uh, it's hard to tell because they all have this certain kind of, they're of a similar, they're of a similar class status, right? 
I would probably say mm-hmm. that. And like, yeah, and they're, they're they're also you know the kind of women that are like, well, you know, randomly text some dude who's halfway across the country, hoping he'll drive across yeah. the country to hook up with them. Like, oh, there's God. so I guess it's 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 a it's a, it's a yeah, I guess you're right. Type maybe isn't the right isn't the right way to to phrase that, but it's not like, you know, what I'm saying it's not like he's he's it's not like he's been dealing with a woman who is athletic and one who's really smart and one who's really bookish and another one who's like like you know it's like those aren't they're just all kind of like they're interested in because the only thing he knows that they're interested in is him. That's all yeah, he seems to care about. That's true. I mean, Megan arguably. As much as she was dumb with relationships, she kind of had her life together pre-Michael. Yeah, and she had music at least. No, well, that's right? what that's I'm saying. That's post-Michael. Pre-Michael, I think oh, she was a nurse right, 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 or right. something. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's not like he's asking her about her work day or anything like that. So he doesn't give a crap what she's doing. No, no, that's right. All right, so. I'm pretty sure Michael ruined her life. I mean, I wonder, I, I, I'm actually kind of curious to see like how she put things together after he left. Like, cause yeah. she has been the one woman that seems to have been like, finally been like, yeah, we're done. I'm done with that guy. He's gone, you know, and didn't like keep him hanging around, keep trying to call him. Seems like Maria tried to for a while. But, except that yeah, one. but I also feel like he wasn't about it anymore because he had Maria at that point. That's true. I feel like you would have seen things very differently if... You know, he was still trying with Megan because the one thing about Megan is, you know, once she kind of found out that there was some other woman, she was like, uh, I need to be the only woman. Right. And she's not going to come back unless that's like a thing. Whereas Sarah is like, how many times can he possibly cheat on her? And she's like, "Okay, oh, well, you know, yeah, I don't like him. It's just hooking up. It's not anything else. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to John and Christiana. So I like the way this one started because Christiana wakes up at, they say it's 11 p.m. in what looks like the bathroom that they're going to put Miss H in if she ever goes, the bedroom she's going to put Miss H in when she goes to hell. God, I was going to say that. The strobing lights were so distracting. I put that in my notes. I was like, oh, these lights, gross. (laughs) Yes, I looked at it. It was like, I could sleep in that room, but I know you would just, you would tear them down. You would throw the lights out the window. I would. It would not be happening. Yeah. But anyway, there's weird flashing strobe lights on in the bedroom while they're trying to sleep. And apparently you can also hear it when somebody uses the upstairs bathroom. And so it's keeping her awake. But anyway, she can't sleep. Because she's feeling insecure about what her mom told her about John and Tara, you know, and they're possibly fooling around. So, you know, to try to get a handle on it, she gives Tara a call and they start to strategize about how to sneak around and meet with each other. Because, you know, they're not supposed to be meeting and and Christiana doesn't want Tara to show up at the house because then John will get mad, blah, blah, blah. So they settle on meeting in a random park in the, at night so that, you know, nobody will find out they're meeting. Christy, um, then before she leaves, Christy says that if John and Tara had sex, it will be the end of their marriage. And she's very concerned that it's going to drive her to using again. And we get kind of a cliffhanger. We get the last we see her as she's walking out the door to go to this meeting. Uh, so uh, is there anything Tara could possibly say at this meeting that's going to make her feel better? No, there really isn't. Because first of all, we already know that 
either Tara is out for revenge or she's right. out for John for herself because she actually genuinely has feelings for him. But neither is Fair. good for Christiana. Like, neither intention is really for Christiana's benefit. You know, she might try no. to disguise it as, oh, well, you should know who you're married to. You know, I'm just letting you know who the, who this guy really is. I mean, she's trying to, like, package it that way. But sure. at the end of the day, Tara doesn't care if Christiana gets hurt. It's, like, self-serving. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. I was thinking more from, in my opinion, in Christiana's, like, perspective, right? She's either going to say, yeah, I slept with your husband, in which case mm-hmm. things get worse. Yeah. Or she's going to say, no, I didn't sleep with your husband, but she's not going to believe her, right? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, okay, because we don't actually know for certain if they really have slept together or not, right? right. It's definitely implied that they fooled around, but who knows what that means, you know? And yes, clearly totally. they all have like a sliding scale of morals here considering Christiana slept with Tara's baby daddy at some point. Right. But I could see Tara, you know, denying that they slept together, but still saying, but we have feelings for one another. True. You know, True. what kind of man would be, right. you know, flirting and leading me on well, behind your back? Right. And she, she, she focuses on the sex, but it's like, yes, that would be terrible and wrong and bad. And I can see mm-hmm. why she focuses on it. But like, if you found out, no, we never slept together, but some, like, but sometimes we would just lay in bed cuddling for hours. I'd be like, that's oh, not God. better at all. <laughs> it's not like, better either. Yeah. That's not right, better. I'm right. not happy about this. Right. Like, and so, <laughs> like, even if it wasn't like fooling around, even if nobody's pants came off, like, you, there's still things that could have <laughs> happened in the t- those times that you're like, I'm not okay with that either. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I feel like they might have a sliding scale of like your morals here, considering Christiana's like done some things to Tara. Sure. And there's also definitely people where people will say, you know, one person says nothing happened and the other person says, oh, no, something definitely happened. And they'll describe the same event. It's just one of them considers that something. Sure. Considers it nothing. Yeah, and I mean, you get but, people who think, you know, like, uh, oh, it's uh, you're cheating emotionally, right? And right, so that right. pr- that's the same, you know? And I think it's people who, uh, you know, how they view sex themselves, right? If sure. some people just view sex as like, you know, like a physical act and like there really is no you know, emotion, you don't have to be in love to like feel like, you know, that that's a connection. You know, those are the people who are more likely to really like hold on to that. Well, you emotionally cheated on me. Sure, sure. Whereas if you just had sex with someone, they were just like, yeah, it's just sex. I mean, that's not cool, but you know, it's not as bad as if you like really fell for that person. Right. Well, I feel like it's going to be a weird dynamic because I feel like when she said she slept with Tara's baby daddy, like the implication was she was high at the time. And she's going to be like, you like did this like knowingly and like repeatedly, like when I was in prison, like I, so I I feel like even if it is a revenge thing, it's going to be tough. So I guess we'll see how that plays out later. Right, right. Okay, speaking of, you know, the other person, I guess the other woman, uh, we've got Amber and Puppy. So Amber is frustrated with Puppy. 
You know, because in the last episode, Puppy made her be late to work uh, and she got in a, they got in a huge fight and Puppy ended up uh, getting out of the car and Puppy, you know, walked off. So she's venting to her coworker Amanda outside with a cigarette before she goes into work. She tells Amanda about Puppy's wild ideas about going to Vegas. She's smoking her cigarette when Sammy rolls up and surprises her. Amber is confused because she knew he was getting out soon, but she wasn't expecting this. Sammy says he got out yesterday. This is the first time they've seen each other in 10 years. Amber gives us some background that when they were together, they were both selling dope, but they ended up butting heads because he wanted to be the boss and didn't want Amber to forge out on her own. Sammy says that he wants to resolve things and Amber agrees. Sammy tells her he never stopped loving her and tells us that it's been the best sex he's ever had. He cries as he tells her how much he loves her. Amber has butterflies, but she's not so quick to fall for his declarations of love and change. Which, by the way, kind of good for her. You know, how many times have we heard, you know, like, oh, I've mm-hmm. changed. Oh, you have? Okay. Oh, I love you yeah. too. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. but I, I think I've it's like the opposite. Tell me that. It's like, yeah. yeah. Amber is yeah. being more skeptical, but I think there's issues on either end because, you know, uh, you you make the claim that someone's changed. So what do you think Sammy has to do to really prove that he's changed in Amber's mind? Huh. I mean, I think he's got to do what puppy's not doing, right? The re- all the yeah, things that puppy are doing. That are he has, he's got to stay in the straight and narrow. He's got to hold things down. He's got to get his shit straight. Like, you know, he's got to have show, showed that he changed outside of a relationship before he gets the chance to show that he can change inside of a relationship. I feel like that's easy considering it's been 10 years. I mean, just naturally, people are going to be different. People are going to be different. Yeah. I mean, you and hope yeah. you hope they're you know, a little more grown up, right? Staying away from what they were yeah. what they were doing before. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, but then some people, that's all they know. Like, and that, that's what gets hard about it, too, is if it's been 10 years since they'd seen each other. He's been in prison for more. Like, what, what more has he learned to be able to get through in a way that he's that's different than the way he's been getting through before? Yeah, I I don't really know the answer to that, but I know that Puppy is kind of falling apart right now. She is looking super rough. Amber, uh-huh. you can tell, is just done with Puppy. And I think it's really sad because I don't know if she realizes that part of the reason why Puppy is as bad as she is is because of you know, the distance between her and Amber. Yeah. And so I, I just feel like Puppy's whole reaction to everything is really pushing Sammy and Amber together in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, a, yeah, I definitely think Amber doesn't realize, like, because I, I, I think from Puppy's perspective is she got out of prison and she wanted one thing. Yeah. And Amber didn't want to give it to her. Like, and so now she's like, well, what, what, what am I doing? What, what's, what, what is, what is even my purpose? Right. And which is, you know, hard to deal with, but yes, I think the more puppy like drives her that way, I think driving her towards Sammy, but like, unless Sammy starts doing the same stuff puppy's doing, right. If, right, if, if Sammy, right. If, if it's like, she feels like she has a choice and one person's pushing her away, like it kind of naturally pushes her to the other person. But you know, as long as that person doesn't also start to repel her too yeah i kind of feel like amber may not be 
gay? Like, I think she might have been, as Puppy referred to, as gay for the stay, but I think she's, like, really loves Puppy, like, as a friend. You know, this is, like, a sister almost. She loves her like a sister. Like, like she's family. Yeah, I mean, it's a sister. and then that, But she gives her those confusing messages because you don't get drunk and fool around with your sister, right? Right. And, and like, and so it's, it's, it's something that's different there, but definitely not, you know, it's like, it, it, I feel like, you know, it, for her, she's not, you know, 100% straight, but I think she's definitely more straight than even bi and she's okay fooling around yeah. every once in a while. But like at the end yeah. of the day, she wants to be with a man. Like, Sure. I, I kind of get that impression as well. So, okay, so what bothered me, one of the things that pointed about Sammy, a few things that bothered me about Sammy, but um, one of them was, I don't understand if he's trying to make the case of, like, you know, I loved her so much and she was so great for me. By the way, the sex was also awesome. Like, why did you throw that in? I don't understand why he threw that in. It's like you're making your heartfelt case of why this woman means so much. She's like, also, she can really suck a dick. Look at that. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. That also seems super inappropriate because it's like, yeah, what you're saying is going on television. I don't know if you really want everyone to know that, I guess. Like, maybe a little TMI. Shouldn't you be respectful of Amber and your personal relationship? But I guess no one really is on this show, so. No, they aren't. It's just, it's just I think it's funny how many men just associate, like, it was a good relationship because the sex was really good. Like, and I don't like that. If I was describing how good the relationship is, I must include how good the sex was. It's like, eh, yeah. did you have to do that? I'm not sure you did. Yeah, that is interesting. I I don't know. Do, is that like a common thing? Do you think for men to equate like how good the sex is? Do you think it's because the relationship is good that they have good sex, or they see the good sex as having a good relationship? I, I think it's. I think it, I think it kind of put it in there because it's a little bit of both, right? If if our relationship mm-hmm. wasn't good, the sex wouldn't be good, which is not okay, true because sure. we've seen we've seen people have like you know angry angry sex all the time that can be oh like, sure sure right? sure. <laughs> we've definitely seen in this show people have angry sex, right? Oh yeah but, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think they also kind of feel like if I wasn't, you know, it, it, they wouldn't put it like this way. If I wasn't really committed and in love with this girl, the sex wouldn't be as good. Right. Mm. It's that it's that connection we have that makes the sex really good. Um, that is another like aspect to it. But I definitely think a guy does the, the te- guys tend to think that if the sex isn't good, then it can't be the best relationship I've ever had without like that also being the best part I of it. See that. Yeah, definitely. We have we have terrible relationships with sex. We really do. Um, anyway, <laughs> speaking of other <laughs> moving along. Too. Brittany and Marcelino. So still in Alaska, Gil and his partner Shannon are coming over for dinner again. Brittany has feels fulfilled that she gets to have her a meal with her whole family, which hasn't happened in years. Brittany says that Cindy put Gil through a lot, and it was at the end of the day, really Cindy that blew it. Gil tried to make it work. She's hoping that Cindy can get some closure with Gil this trip. So after dinner, as Gil is setting up the fire. You know, they have a staged conversation. The staged conversation starts and Cindy comes out and they have a chance to talk in private. They have some awkward small talk for a short amount of time before Cindy starts to just completely break down. Gil embraces her and comforts her before telling us in an interview that he thinks Cindy's road is going to be a lot longer and a lot harder 
than either she or Brittany thinks. And then soon everyone comes outside and they sit around a fire and make s'mores. Brittany hopes that this trip can put Cindy in the right frame of mind to really commit to recovery when they get back to Vegas. Then we also get the funny throwaway commercial scene where we get to see Brittany Marcelino rocking around Talkeena. Population none, according to Marcelino. <laughs> they walk up and down, they walk up and down the two blocks of downtown and even meet the mayor, which is a cat who walks with them around town <laughs> before they get to a restaurant. <laughs> and that's the end of them. So uh, I don't know. What do, what do you on. think? Do you do you kind of agree with Gil? Is this going to be harder than they anticipate? Or do you think they kind of have a gauge on how tough it's going to be when they do go back to Vegas? I, I think I'm with Gil. I feel like he's been down this road plenty of times with Cynthia before. Um, I think that especially when Cindy was, you know, pregnant with the kids, I'm sure I'm sure it's one of those things that every single time you have a kid, it's like you think you start off. You're like, it's going to be different. I'm going to be there for this kid. This is this is going to be the thing that changes. This is going to be the life changer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he's been with it at least, what, three times? I think he has three kids with her. Uh-huh. He's been through it three times with her. And so and he probably was super hopeful, too, you know. But yeah. at this point, you know, you. You have to wonder, like, what is different this time, you know? And I don't know if there really is anything different this time. You know, I I would think the part where she almost died in Alaska would maybe be the life changer, right? But, you know, it wasn't then. So, I mean, what more could possibly happen? Yeah, I mean, it's the threat of... I mean, it's, and the thing is, is that at the end of the day, it's a pretty empty threat. Like Brittany keeps saying, mm-hmm. well, if she doesn't get better, well, if she doesn't get better. But also then she even admits sometimes she's like, I'm never going to let her go. I'm never going to do it. Like I, I won't be able to, yeah. I won't be able to get, let my mom go. And so, you know, there is nothing that's like, if I don't change, it's, it's over. I have to change now. Like she, I don't know. It is hard to get past the idea that she's putting on a, a good show because it feel like Gil mm-hmm. is like, I've seen this show before. I've seen you put yep. on this, like this attitude, this breaking down, making me give you a hug and all that. It's like, he's, he's seen it. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is. But I mean, how awkward is it for him, you know, to be stuck with his ex when his current partner is around, yeah. you know? And so I really feel like, when Cindy asked him, you know, like, oh, do you want to go for a walk so we can talk? He's like, I'm not going on a walk with you. And, you know, because it's just one of those things where I'm sure he doesn't want to make it look like something it's not when his partner is like inside. Inside the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean. So he's just like, well, we can talk like here, you know, where it's not like we're trying to get away where, you know, like what happened exactly? And he's like, no, you were right there. Someplace in private, right? Also, she asked him if he wanted to go for a walk, like literally right after he lit the fire. And he's like, I actually just have to like maintain this fire that I just lit. Like go for a walk, (laughs) it's going to go out. Like weird time to ask me for a walk, but okay. Yeah, but it was. But I feel like it's awkward for both of them. Oh, You know, like just ex encounters just in general are awkward. This was a, well, especially an ex that you hadn't seen for so, so long. Yeah. Right? Like. You know, I have a lot more ex-encounters than most 
most people. Well, like, and I mean, and that's different totally, too because you have totally a shared goal yeah. of something, yeah. right? So I feel like all your communication is around your shared goal, right? Of raising your children, right? I mean, they don't have that shared goal anymore. They don't, their children are all adults. Yeah. So what do they have kind of keeping them together? What do they have as kind of the focus of their conversation? Really nothing but each other. And that's awkward. Who wants to have a conversation with their ex about their relationship? About what and what relationship? The relationship that both yeah. of them gave up, gave away a long time ago. Right? Yeah. So it's like it's so uh, it's it, it, it's not unlike talking to a stranger. It's like, yeah, you're talking to a stranger, but a stranger that you for some reason that you randomly carry a lot of baggage with and has served yeah, you in the right. past. Like, so it is it is super awkward. Um, yeah. Which is why it felt so staged. Right. It did feel really staged. Yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on, uh, let's move on to Chevelle and Quaylen. So they've been engaged for two weeks at this point, and they are feeling the stress since they feel like it's them versus the family. Chevelle is suspicious because since Quaylen has been back, he hasn't been working, and that includes work and her, and she's worried because it makes her wonder, who is he having sex with? Chevelle meets up with her friend Maria to go wedding dress shopping. She brings Maria instead of her mom because she feels like Maria doesn't judge them. Chevelle tells Maria that Quaylen cheated and that's why everyone is against them. Chevelle says they got past it so everyone else just needs to get with it. Maria says this is a huge red flag and she suggests that, you know, maybe they should just take it slow. But Chevelle is not about that because she wants to try on dresses. Chevelle feels like with the veil, it's so real. Back at the house, Chevelle's mom, Sylvia, comes over and wants to talk to her outside. Sylvia says that being married is good, but being happily married is even better. Quaylen is left inside the house and in close proximity to Chevelle's unattended phone. And she seems to get a text from Jay, her friend she went out with a while ago when her and Quaylen were on a break. Chevelle comes back into the house and Quaylen confronts her about the text. Chevelle thinks that she didn't have to tell Quaylen about Jay because they never crossed any line, and she only talks to him because he gives her attention when Quaylen doesn't. Quaylen says the ring he gave her is plenty of attention, and he tells her she can keep it while he's out to work on himself. They start randomly referring to themselves and each other in the third person, as Quaylen calls Chevelle a liar. Chevelle says that Quaylen is the one who's a liar and a manipulator, except she says it manipulator. He starts yelling at her that he's not happy and she's not keeping her man happy. So do you think that Quaylen isn't happy about Jay or something bigger? And why do you think he's not happy? I was so lost at that conversation as it went on. I, got to, yeah. I, I started off with, okay, like she got this text message from this dude and now he kind of feels like this is a double standard because yep. when I was text messaging girls, it was not okay, but you're allowed to text messages. Oh, but when Quaylen was text messaging girls. I'm sorry. That when was Quaylen so was bizarre the girls, way we're, yeah. yeah. But they kept going it, like Quaylen and Chevelle. It's like, you guys are Quaylen and Chevelle. <laughs> <laughs> but then I just stopped following their logic at some point. It's like, well, you're a liar. Well, you're happy when the lying with the with the happy liar make me not happy go bad. It's like, well, I'm like I was very confused as to what they were talking about. Yeah, I feel like Chevelle's defense in all of this was I didn't have to tell you I went out with my friend Jay because we never crossed a line. 
So it doesn't matter. And we were on a break. And the only reason why I text Jay now is because he is giving me attention because you are not. Because it seems that since even though they've been engaged for two weeks, seems like no sex is happening. And Chevelle's confused because, you know, Quaylen isn't working. So what else is he doing? He's not working. He's not having sex with her. I believe I'm okay with the first part. That, yes. was, that, that one's fine. We, we, we were not yeah. together. I went on a date. We didn't even do anything. Right. Besides go on a date, I did not have to tell you about that. I'm yes. on board, 100%. It's the yep. second part that's like, well, I text him because he doesn't give me enough, like, you don't give me enough attention. I need attention from sure. someone. It's like, yeah, no, that's not okay. Like, if you need yeah. attention or that's an issue, you bring that up. But that is not different than when he was texting that shy town at all. That's oh, what he no, was doing. He wanted attention from another woman because it's yeah. not at all different. So he's he, I'm on Team Quaylen for that part. That's right. Like, oh, he's sure. right on that. Like, it's not okay to be like, well, yeah. But then, then. he starts <laughs> ranting that he's not happy. So it's like, is he not happy about Jay or is he not happy about other? And it makes me feel like Coylan at this point, I feel like is just looking for a way out. You know, the I think it's very telling that they haven't had sex in two weeks and there really is no reason. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, that's what we kind of thought would happen. It's like all of a sudden he, he's like, ah, I, I didn't want what I had. Now I have it. I wanted it because I didn't have it. Now I have it back. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Wow. She really wants to get married now. Like but that's also too. We kind of figured it. He, yeah. he was he was doing that proposal, giving her that ring to kind of like, all right, this will hold her over for a while. We're good, right, we're right. good for a while. And he's like, oh, he didn't realize the, that while was only 30 days. <laughs> Right, and so he's feeling a lot of pressure on sure. that, and then so I mean, broadly not happy, but we all we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Like, yeah, is, is he was going to get just start to feel trapped again? So I mean, right, but it, it is kind of weird to come out of nowhere to be like all of a sudden I got a text message from a dude, right? Chevelle, Chevelle gets a text message from a guy, and then mm-hmm. like three seconds later he's like, I was never happy. It's like what that's. That seems like it's a real extreme. But that's also what Sylvia was warning Chevelle about. This dude is flaky. Yeah. He's going to turn on a dime. He doesn't even know what his own emotions are. He, how is he going to know that he can stay married to you? He doesn't. Right. And I, I do feel like sometimes it is that self-unawareness because it's one of those things where he thinks he's happy because he's getting the things that he wanted but then it takes something like this to kind of make him step back for just a second and be like, wait a second, maybe I'm not happy. It's like, mm, couldn't you read your own signs? You know, it's like it doesn't take a genius to see that if someone is becoming distant, right, whether it's sex, emotionally, whatever, if they're becoming distant, yeah. that there's something missing that they're not happy about. Whether or not they sure, realize it sure. themselves, I mean, and that's the yeah, problem. The sex is Quaylen is the, doesn't realize yeah. it. Yeah, the sex thing is tricky too because it's I mean, not tricky, but that is – I'm assuming that before now that was a way that he showed – like that was something that has right. changed. Like he wanted it all the time and all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden he doesn't – all of a sudden no. Yeah. That is indicative of like larger issues even if he can't identify what those are. Right. It just seems like a bit of immaturity there. Oh, uh, just random fact. I don't remember where I read this from. 
possibly right. I haven't been on Reddit in so long. Uh, but apparently Chevelle wrote a book about how to maintain a healthy relationship with a guy in prison and not be scammed. And it's like, are uh, you the expert on this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Did and they? I don't know if I would. I don't think I would read that book if I was legitimately yes. trying to get advice. How- how to not run into icebergs by the captain of the Titanic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, good for her for side hustling. Yeah. Well, somebody that will definitely never write a book is Sean. <laughs> oh, God. So <laughs> they're still hanging around and still back. So anyway, Sean is pulling out of his hotel and as he drives away. He gets a phone call from Destiny, who's trying to hunt him down. She's, like, walking around random parking lots and stuff looking for him. She, Sean is confused because what what is there to talk about? You broke up with me. Then he gives in and changes his plan and, go drive, and drives to where she, this random parking lot she's sitting in. On the way there, he tells us he's nervous about meeting her because she might be setting him up to rob him or scam him. He pulls up after, like, forever because he got lost and she comes to his car to ask him for money she cusses at him for a while and says now that sean has cut her off she's not she's got nothing and what she's supposed to do eventually he gets out of his car to carry on this conversation he doesn't know what she expected to happen when she threw his ring back at him and said it's over he was like that usually means uh it's over and i'm not going to give you any more money he doesn't um, – they start to get into an argument about which one of them was more wrong in the relationship. Um, Sean brings up that, she, you know, she was hiding two other engagements while Destiny equates this to him saying – lying about his age and number of kids. He says that at the beginning of their relationship, uh, she was leading on like 20 different guys. Uh, but, you know, she caught feelings for him, so she cut those other guys off. And doesn't she – doesn't he owe her for the money she could have scammed from those other guys? That she gave up for him. Anyway, I'm not sure what she was getting at with everything, but it seems like uh, she's got him feeling bad enough that that he brings $40 out of his wallet and she snatches it. Sean's prediction is that she's probably going to keep the cycle going with other guys. Then he asks her for a hug. And Danielle tells us... Why? That was the weirdest part. Then Destiny tells us she doesn't think that Sean... Then Destiny tells us... Again, I was very confused about this. That Sean isn't prepared for what's to come because she's already seeing someone else. We hear Sean's lament to the producers as he says that, you know, he'd date another inmate, but he'll never get conned again. But then there's more. So now that things are all done with Destiny, Sean comes back to Kelly ostensibly to apologize. He tells her how things went down with Destiny and Kelly is basically full of I told you so's. She thinks that Sean doesn't realize how much his whole escapade has affected his kids, especially um, his daughter, Gracie, who then just pops up right behind him. <laughs> Gracie says that he got what he deserved, and he, she feels like he pretty much abandoned her when Destiny came around. She says that Sean has been pretty much out of communication. He wouldn't answer phone calls or reply to texts. Sean guesses that, you know, I guess I put you guys kind of on the back burner. And then Gracie at this point just gets livid. She feels like he threw her their entire relationship aside once this woman showed up. She feels like right now she and I guess the other five kids are the second place people because option one rejected him. Not because, you know, he's back, not because because of that, not because he actually feels bad about what he did. 
Sean says he came because he truly cares. And Gracie says if he truly cared, he would have come before she broke up with you. Oh, my God. Then she leaves the room in tears, and dumbass Sean follows her into her room and keeps trying to apologize and talk to her, even though she keeps saying, go away, I don't want to talk to you, leave. And he tries to hug her, and it just it gets really ugly. He continues to apologize, but then in an interview, he says that, oh, this kind of makes him feel like a lousy father for putting the family <laughs> instead of, you know, for not putting the family first. But, you know, at the end of the day, Gracie is not buying it. Okay, so I'm going to go to a random part in the middle because there was like two big scenes. I want to start with the one where yeah. Destiny was in it. And that is, why does is we'll put it this way, is Sean going to be, quote unquote, not prepared for what's to come just because she's dating someone else? Uh, no, I think he'll, I don't think he'll be surprised. No, because I, don't I mean, either. he already, yeah, he already kind of thought and he was like trying to get answers out of her. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it just very much seems like I thought it was a good juxtaposition of the way the producer set it up where Sean was like, Oh, yeah. She's going to do this to a bunch of other guys. I bet she has one next week. And she's like, Sean is not ready to hear that I'm actually dating somebody already. It's like, actually, yeah, I think, I think knows. she yeah. thinks he's more hung up than he is at this point. I think that's part of yes. it. Yes. Yes. That is definitely part of it. She thinks he's still in. And at, 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 finally, after long last, he seems to be actually done with her. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, who knows if she comes like, I made a huge mistake, Sean, and I actually love you so much. Then you're right. She would probably come crawling back. But I don't think he's expecting that at this point anymore. Like he's not expecting yeah. answers. He's not expecting her to, you know, move back home or anything like that. Yeah. All right. So let's go to like Gracie then. Oh, God. I love Gracie. But it really shows what an asshole he is and what a terrible father he is. And let's be real here. This guy is going to do it again. Yeah. I also have the feeling that this isn't the first time that he's done it. No, that's true. Like the way they responded to it and the way they were talking about it, it's like, okay. Like, and and especially when it comes out of nowhere and it's like, you know, the way they – I don't know. They they both were really, really like, you know, it seems like this wasn't a mistake you made once, especially because it seemed like it was an ongoing mistake. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, you know, that weekend you were with your girlfriend, you really didn't pay attention to me. It was like, no, no, no. This entire year that you've or months that you've been together, you are acting like I don't exist. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know how you talked about, like, what can Sammy do? Like, what could Sean possibly do to, like, earn her trust back? I think he just needs to be there for her every day. You know, I think kids are a little bit easier to win over than partners, probably, because I think they want to have that love of the parent, right? They want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And so I feel like, Sean, just don't be a shitty dad. But that also means you have to be there a lot. You're going to have to make up time. And you're going to have to give things up. You're going to have to like – it has yeah. to be really obvious to her that there's other things that you're actively choosing her over, right? Because that's right. what the thing is now is she feels like I'm like, oh, you, when all your other options are done. You'll just come crawling to me. Like you'll come back yeah. to your daughter. That's when, I, that's when I get a piece of you. 
Like when everybody yeah. else rejects you, then, oh, you know I won't, so here we come. But like, oh, oh man, I, I sincerely an hope I never, I sincerely hope I never fuck up so bad that my teenage daughter is lecturing me. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think so. They're going to try, I'm sure, but like, I'll be right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you're out going to be dating convicts anytime soon and open to dating more because that's the problem I see with Sean, too, is like this guy is such an idiot. He's not learning from his mistakes. No, you're right. He said I would be open. I would, I would be open to doing it again. Like, but I mean, yes and no. It but just, he also what, said he'll never be conned I don't again. Know, it's like, what, do you think? Why, why, when you just got out of being conned, would that be your most confident of saying, well, I will never get conned again? Like, I, I mean, no. the evidence right now points to, actually, you can be conned. You are a connable person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found it really annoying that through that whole conversation with Gracie, he's trying to make himself out to be a victim. You know, like, oh, this person did this to me. I got conned. Right. It's it, it's tricky because it's not – he's not totally wrong. I feel like I was actually dating 20 guys and faked engagements with two of them while we made up, while we were going out is actually a worse lie than I'm 10 years older than I said and have like three more kids than I said. I yeah believe the scamming is worse. <laughs> right. There are different levels of scamming. Yours is the worst one. <laughs> yes. Yours was way worse. Like, And she's like, because yeah. she was never going to hold that. She would scam forever. She would go talk to other dudes and always be like, well, you told me you were th 35. So right, uh, right. Th we're done. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's all we had for this week, right? Yes, it is. It is. It is. That's it. That's All everybody, right. right? Let me check. So, uh, who was your student of the week? I went with Gracie. I did too. I mean, just, you know how hard it is to find students of the week, but somebody who yes. was, you know, stood good, up to their dad, stood up to their dad, said what they said, something that had an argument where what they were saying made sense the whole time. Yes. It was consistent. Like, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, it doesn't help that she wasn't, she was, you know, going up against somebody who was just yikes bad. Uh, yeah, and I like, was going to say, she's. And, and especially even be. handling, handling that thing. It made me so super uncomfortable when she said, go away. Don't come in here. I don't want to talk to you. And he kept trying to talk to her. I mean, but that's how he gets through to everyone, it seems like, in his life. I wouldn't say that Sean is the best at anything except for. Not giving up well after you should have. Fair. <laughs> I mean, that's how he gets these women in the first place, I feel like. Yeah, just stubborn perseverance. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So who is your dunce then? I, I went with Andrea as my dunce. Okay. Just for, like, weirdly, you know, her snobby stuff. Like, yeah. kind of knowing that knowing how judgy her friends would be but not finding a good way to manage it like there were we talked mm -hmm. about four like obvious ways she could have managed to not have to have that awkward conversation and it's almost like she went no i want them to know that i'm specifically not inviting them <laughs> into my home right it was just like yeah. i don't know and then you know it's just she's just tacky all around but that that part was like yeah i didn't like it yeah you're done well 
I just went with Sean because it's like we have been saying every single episode what an awful, awful father he is. You know, we never really met any of the kids to really see that they saw it, too. Yeah. You know, because it could have been one of those things where Kelly, his uh, baby mama, she could have kind of shielded the kids from, you know, what was going on or at least, you know, hidden the bigger picture. Right. But it's like, no, they know what a piece of crap you are. You're a terrible dad. You're probably one of the worst dads that have been on the show. Yeah. I mean, I, so I just wanted to keep it from keep my dunce and my, my student of the week from being sure. from the same uh, segments. But like, yeah, I mean, just just it was just awful, like especially because. Like the number of times that Destiny was like, who are you talking to on the phone? Who are you texting on the phone? And it was Kelly when now we find out his kids were calling him all the time and he wasn't answering them. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. You're the worst. Okay. What about your life lesson? So I, okay. So if this goes to Chevelle and Quaylen, if one received text message can make you almost immediately want to end a relationship, that is not a relationship you should have ever committed to. (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely something else that he was unhappy about, but maybe this was just a way for him to open up about it. Yeah, got a reason. Let's go. Oh, goodness. All right. So my life lesson is uh, inspired by Gil and Cindy. Talking with your ex, I believe, is absolutely pointless Unless you're trying to get back together again, it will either unnecessarily make you wonder if you should try to work things out or not. And the fact that you are broken up right now is probably the answer you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is she was looking for closure, right? And I'm never Mm -hmm. quite sure what that means all the time. Because the other thing that it seems like Gil was not going to do that she wanted him to do was forgive her. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, he didn't say so, it like that, but it's like, it seems like she was kind of searching for that. And he, that's the kind of closure she was looking for. And he's just not prepared to give that to her. Yeah. And I would say this in general, for the people who are seeking closure from an ex, it's like you are putting something, how you feel about something dependent on someone else. You just have to be able to have that closure yourself. You have to be able to resolve those feelings yourself. You can't depend on someone else to give you any kind of closure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're the one who has to move on. Then you can't be dependent on them. Yeah. Yeah, to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, We have one more episode until we are done. Yeah. And like we said at the beginning, we'll we'll be back when the show is back after that. So we don't know when that's going to be yet. Okay. But until then, we will see you all next week. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Good.